Today is actually all about, should we say, confidence. Because, you know, Bitcoin is moving now at 43,304. But I'm going to show you why I'm more confident than ever that we are now going to start moving up. And because I'm so confident, I'm starting to play my chips very, very, very differently. When you look at the altcoins, you can see that there's certain narratives that are moving. I've got a lot of confidence in these narratives. I'm going to show you why I'm so confident. I'm going to show you exactly which narratives I'm confident about. And it's all about confidence. I've got more confidence than ever today that I should be playing this bull market in a certain way. And I'm going to show you how I'm playing the bull market and exactly which three altcoins I'm buying today in front of you because I'm so confident. And then lastly, I know you guys probably watched the Apple Vision Pro launch this week. You, I'm sure you all saw it. Crazy, crazy, crazy launch. I mean, who would have thought that we would be cheering people for actually buying Apple products? But anyway, the, the launch did happen this weekend. And if you want an Apple Vision Pro, if you want an Apple Vision Pro, then you need to watch the show because today I'm going to be giving away one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to be giving away seven Apple Vision Pros today on the show live with you. So listen, we've got a lot to do. Let's go. Josh, give us some music, bro. A lot of you are commenting about my hotel room. I am in Dubai. I'm bringing you a show live here from Dubai from a conference that I'm attending in Dubai. It's one of the most incredible conferences I've ever been to. It's not really a conference where, where people are speaking and stuff like that. It's just they rented out a hotel in Dubai. And essentially what we're doing is just a whole lot of crypto OGs and a whole lot of crypto VCs are just hanging around the hotel, networking, doing deals and stuff like that. And let me tell you, I've picked up a lot of narratives being around these people. I'm going to share a lot of those narratives with you right here today. So even though I'm here and as you can see, it's getting dark. And as you can see, all the guys have gone out on a yacht. I'm here. I'm bringing you crypto love. I'm bringing you crypto wisdom because I've got so much to share with you today. Um, it's going to be one of the most, the highest alpha pack shows that I think we've ever done. So listen. If you ain't already subscribed to this channel, do not subscribe. Do not subscribe. Um, this is a channel for absolute, absolute, absolute DJs. And if you're not an absolute, absolute, absolute DJ, don't subscribe to today's to, to this channel. Um, if you are, however, subscribed and you do want alpha, you know what the formula is. It's a magic formula. All you need to do, you need to smash the like button. The more likes we get, the more revved up I get, the more revved up I get, the more alpha I give you, the more alpha I give you, the more money we make together. And today is one of those days which is going to be so, so, so full of alpha that what I recommend is that you actually take a pen and paper. Let me just see who's got pen and paper. Get yourselves a pen and paper because you're going to need to be making notes today. So I'm going to give you like two, three minutes while I get a sip of water, while you're smashing the like button, get a pen and paper and, and because you're going to be making lots and lots and lots of notes today. I promise you that. Also, remember if you want those Vision Pros, I'm going to be giving away seven Vision Pros today. Maybe we'll, we won't give them all away today, but but we will be giving away Apple, Apple Vision Pros today. So um, let me know when you're ready. In in the in the chat, let me know when you guys are ready. People, I see people still commenting about my hotel room. I mean, it's not a bad hotel room. It's not the best one we've ever had. Uh, from now on, I think what we'll do is you guys will actually start rating my hotel rooms that I bring you streams from. You'll like start rating. You'll say like that one's a five, that one's a six. So let me know how you rate this hotel room for today. Um, all right, let's go. Let's talk about all the alpha that we're going to talk about today. I said to you today that 
I'm watching the Bitcoin price and I'm feeling more relaxed and more confident than ever. And the reason why I'm feeling more relaxed and more confident than ever is because this is part of the plan. This is exactly, exactly, exactly part of the plan. Right now, we have been consolidating for the last 30 days. If you look at uh, the Bitcoin price movement, you look at December, we've been consolidating from about here when the ETF was approved until where we are today, which is about well, actually, actually a little, even a little bit longer than, than a month. And it is really all part of the plan. And the reason why I say it's all part of the plan is if you look at the previous halving cycles, which, which is the ones that you're looking over here, you can see the orange line is the 2017 cycle and the, 2020, and the 2021 halving cycle is the blue line over here. And what you can see is that this is the period where we're supposed to be consolidating. In both of these periods, we move slightly sideways and maybe a little bit down. Now, in 2021, we obviously moved a lot down. This was the COVID correction. So this, this dip over here was the COVID dip. I don't really see COVID coming back or a black swan coming back. So for me, when I look at this little correction over here, I'm saying, if we're going to have a little sideways movement or, or we're going to go slightly down, I get it. I'm ready for it. It's all part of the plan. And that, side, that move is not going to, to shock me at all. The other thing is, that I read this tweet from Red Capital. And what he says, he says, look, if history is any indication, then Bitcoin actually should begin its pre-halving rally inside the next week. So it's almost like, look, we've, we know this is part of the plan. We're going to move sideways and we may be going to have a correction. Maybe we've already had the correction. The next part of the plan is actually the pre-halving rally. And if history repeats itself, we are actually running out of time here. We're running out of, out of time here because next week, should begin the pre-halving rally, which means that if you want to participate in the rally that comes after the halving, and just for those of you who maybe haven't been here for a while, that is what the post-halving rally looks like. So we go sideways and we consolidate, and then we go into the post-halving rally. And when we go into the post-halving rally, it's quite an aggressive, this black line here is, is the, the halving. We go into quite an aggressive, aggressive, aggressive part of the rally. Now, in these aggressive part of the rallies, you don't really have time to position yourselves. So the idea is that you've got to position yourselves before these rallies. As I said, it's all part of the plan. You've got to have a plan. Have the plan now and start putting your plan in action. I'll show you what I'm doing in terms of putting my plan in action today and which altcoins I'm buying and stuff like that. But this is all part of the plan. And we're running out of time. We don't have much time because if history is going to repeat itself, the pre-halving rally could start as soon as next week. Also, if the plan and the halving cycle repeats itself, then what we know is that it's actually going to be altcoins that are going to lead the next part of the rally. So you can see in the Q1, in the pre-halving year, usually in January, we go slightly down, which we did go slightly down. Then somewhere over here, we start picking up and we start going up into April, which is the halving. So you can see that that's what's happening here. And if you look at the altcoin total market cap, um, you can see that we are now starting to coil up. And we're very, very, very re ready for this potential breakout that is about to happen. So that's making me extremely confident. This is all part of the plan. This is nothing like, there's nothing new here. This is exactly what we're used to seeing every single pre-halving cycle. And what we saw this weekend is we saw some narratives starting to pop. Not a lot of narratives. Right now in this market, because we've been moving sideways and, and maybe even slightly down, what you'll realize is that you've got to be very, very, very tuned into the narrative. This is a narrative-driven market. It's not like this part of the market over here where everything goes up and you can basically get 
you, you can invest in anything and everything's going to go up and some projects are going to go up more than others. In this part of the market, because we're moving sideways and moving slightly down, what you're seeing is it's very, very, very certain narratives that are exploding. So here you can see the AI narrative exploding. Here you can see the real world asset narrative is exploding. And that's why you'll see that link. And let me show you another one. Uh, Pith is also exploding. That is the real world, real world tokenization of assets um, is, is starting to explode. Another one which is exploding, Stride. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Stride today. Pendle. Why is Pendle exploding? So we'll talk about why Pendle is exploding today. This part of the market, you've got to be quite smart. You've got to catch the narratives. The next part of the market, doesn't matter what you hold, unless you're holding absolute, absolute, absolute shit, you're going to end up making money, which is great because it means that you don't really have to work hard to make money. But if you want to make like real life-changing money, then you've got to be in tune with the, the narratives. And that's what I'm going to speak to you a little bit about today. What you can also see, though, is that Everything is being prepared. Everything is being prepared for the next part of the market. Everything is preparing us for this next parabolic bull run. The first thing is the charts are aligning. I saw this today. It's the first time in Bitcoin's history that the 200 EMA crosses the 100 SMA. So another like almost you want to say a golden cross. This is another one of these bullish, bullish, bullish uh, golden crosses. The other thing that is now completely out the way is the ETF trade. And I'm glad it's out the way because to be honest, as a content creator, I'm so tired of making ETF-related content and commenting about how much money is going into Grayscale, how much money is moving out of Grayscale. It's probably the most boring content in the whole world. And we've been covering it for like a month already. So it's time to, to put that narrative aside. And what you can see is when you look at the ETFs, net-net, we've got a 1.5 billion net inflow into the ETFs, which is not bad for like a month after approvals, not even a month after approvals. We've got 1.5 billion. Probably, in, as I said, in three to four months, we'll have five to 10 billion in the ETFs. And if you've got five to 10 billion, that trade is pretty much out the way. And that's getting us coiled up for the next part of the bull market. So everything is going according to plan. And as I said to you, I'm really, really, really confident about the next part of the bull market. More confident than actually I've ever been. Really, really, really more confident than I've ever been. And I'll show you three reasons why I am so confident. Because I'm not like, blindly confident because I think if you are blindly confident then you know you could get wrecked you got to have fundamentals that black that back your confidence you're not actually blindly confident you've got to be confident because you have the data to support your confidence and for me I have data the first I have three pieces of data that I want to share with you that show you why we are going into this part of the bull market next why I'm positioning myself like that so the first reason is um, what we spoke about which is the halving I mean, the halving cycle is a halving cycle. It's been like that for two halving periods. Now, you may say, look, two data sets is not enough to convince you that we're 100% going into this halving cycle. And I agree with you. And that's why if this was the only piece of data, then what I'd say is, well, you know what? I'm not that confident. But it's not only that. The first part of, the, of my thesis is this. The second part of my thesis is around the U.S. debt. And what you can see is you can see that the NASDAQ is starting to price in my thesis. Because remember, the NASDAQ doesn't really care about the halving. The NASDAQ just cares about macro factors. It doesn't, it, the, the NASDAQ, the stock markets, are a proxy to look forward as to what the market is expecting going forward. And what you can see is that even though some people are still talking about recession, and those people I think are absolutely crazy, some people are still talking about the job cuts which are happening right now in the market. 
The reality is that the market's looking forward. The market's looking beyond that. And then you're going to ask yourself, well, what is the market actually looking at? Because if right now we're hearing about a whole lot of job cuts and we hear about all the tech companies actually doing job cuts, and the market is running in such a way that the last 13 weeks have traded green out of the last 14 weeks. So 13 out of 14 weeks have actually traded green. What is the market actually pricing here? What is the market seeing that potentially some investors aren't seeing? And I think the answer is very simple. The answer actually came out this weekend when Jerome Powell was interviewed for a 60-minute interview. And for the first time, Jerome Powell actually started admitting that, there's, that the U.S. has a debt problem. Now, we've never heard Jerome Powell speaking about the debt problem. And you ask yourself, like, well, what, what, what's the relevance of Jerome Powell speaking about the debt problem? Well, remember, up until now, Jerome Powell holds the lever to interest rates. Interest rates make U.S. debt more and less expensive. And up until now, he says, look, I don't really care about the U.S. debt. I care about two things. I care about unemployment and I care about inflation. And as long as the inflation keeps going up, I'm going to increase interest rates until we get to a point where inflation is starting to go down. He's never, ever, ever acknowledged the debt problem. But this weekend, he, he did an interview on 60 Minutes. I'm not sure if it was this weekend or Friday. And I just wanted to, to hear his tone in, in, this, in this interview. How do you assess the national debt? We mostly try very hard not to comment on fiscal policy and, and uh, you know, instruct Congress on how to do their job when actually they have oversight over us. But is the national debt a danger to the economy in your view? In the long run, the U.S. is on an unsustainable fiscal path. The U.S. federal government's on an unsustainable fiscal path. And that just means that the debt is growing faster than the economy. I have the sense this worries you very much. Over the long run, of course it does. You know, we're effectively, we're borrowing from future generations. It's time for us to get back to putting a priority on fiscal sustainability. Okay, now, you've heard Jerome Powell as often as I've heard Jerome Powell. We've spoken about Jerome Powell tons and tons and tons of times. When has Jerome Powell ever admitted? In fact, when has anyone in the government actually admitted that the U.S. is on an unsustainable policy? That is the first time that I've heard any high-ranking government official that actually matters, saying that the current U.S. fiscal path is just absolutely, absolutely unsustainable. We've never heard that before. And I think what he's talking about is he's looking at charts like this chart over here, where if you look at this chart over here, it says... Under the current policies, the debt outstanding would be two, the, the, the federal debt would be 200% of GDP. And the amount of debt that is maturing is $8.9 trillion over the next year. Now, if the government has to refund or refinance that $8.9 trillion at the current interest rates, the bottom line is that there's absolutely no way that the US will be able to afford the interest payments on their debt. And so, What's going to happen or what is the market seeing? Why are the stock markets pumping? Because what they can see is that Powell's going to have no choice but to really, really, really start reducing rates really fast so that the U.S. can actually refinance its debt. Because if not, the U.S. just ain't going to be able to refinance its debt. And so Powell came out this weekend and he said, look, he expects there to be about three rate cuts this year. Now, what we know is that the Fed is usually pretty conservative in their approach. I mean, listen to what he said. We wondered about an interest rate cut in the next committee meeting in March. I think it's not likely that this committee will reach that level of confidence in time for the March meeting, which is in seven weeks. 
The next committee vote then would be in May. How would you characterize the consensus around this table for rate cuts? Is everyone on board? Almost all. Almost all of the uh, 19 participants who sit around this table uh, believe that it will be appropriate in their most likely case for us to cut the, the federal funds rate this year. Cuts in the federal funds rate would likely be a quarter, maybe half a percentage point at a time, as long as inflation data remain good. We just want to see more good data along those lines. It doesn't need to be better than what we've seen or even as good. It just needs to be good. And so we do expect to see that. Back in 2021, little seemed good. Inflation ignited after pandemic disruptions. So and when the what Fed he's finally admitting is he's finally admitting that they're going to have to reduce interest rates. And he's not admitting it in, in the context of his own mandate. He's not admitting it in the context of inflation and unemployment. He's actually admitting it by now saying, look, we just can't carry on like this. The U.S. is on a completely, 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 completely unsustainable path. You take that, you add a little bit of like elections coming up, think to yourself, hold on, are we not going to get huge rate cuts to try and reduce the balance sheet? And you can see that Gareth Holloway says like the Fed's, it's worth noticing that since 2009, the Federal Reserve balance sheet had one reduction before the current one. It fell 15%. Now we're in the second year of reduction and it's again fallen 15%. It's pretty likely that the Fed will actually start increasing the balance sheet. Now, notice that what, what happened here. Look at how the money supply or the balance sheet, you can basically say that this is the money supply. This is like a mirror image of the money supply. We're now going to start increasing the money supply in, in, the, in the US. And that's going to happen later on this year. When is it going to happen? Well, somewhere around the halving, which is somewhere around the end of this consolidation period. So why am I so bullish? Because halving, US reducing rate cuts, re reducing, reducing rates or starting to cut rates. And at the same time, what you've got is you've got a scenario where China is now in a flat panic. China is now trying to increase them, their, their stimulus. Their markets are absolutely, absolutely screwed. We saw this morning that 30% of Chinese stocks were halted in the, in the top 1,000 stocks. Uh, the market went down 8%. And no matter what the Chinese government does, it's not working. And probably the only thing that they're going to do or the only thing that's actually going to, to work is if they really, really, really start printing a lot of money very quickly. So you ask me, why am I so confident? I'm not stupid. I'm not blindly confident. I'm just looking at what the road ahead looks like. When I look at the road ahead, I say, okay, hold on a second. We've got the halving coming up. Great. Great catalyst for Bitcoin. Problem is that with the halving coming up, there's only two data sets. So if I was a betting man and it was just the halving cycle, I would have said, you know what, I wouldn't put my money, I wouldn't put my chips on the fact that the halving cycle is going to make, is going to make so, uh, uh, so, much, um, uh, so much of a difference. But when you take that and you combine it with what Powell's doing, and then you combine it with a Chinese crisis, the likes of which I don't think we've seen in a lot of years, uh, the Chinese government is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely panicking. Now I've got to start thinking to myself, hold on a second, I've got to be confident. And... I've got to act on my confidence. I can't just be confident. I've actually got to act on my confidence. And I'm going to show you in a second how I'm acting. So let me know what you think. Let me know if what you think about the three reasons why, why I'm super confident. Um, I mean, on altcoins, I'm actually equally as confident. In fact, maybe not equally as confident, but much, 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 much more confident than I am 
uh, on Bitcoin. And again, I'll show you why. If I look at if I look at the altcoin market, well, for one, I'm playing the halving cycle. I know that when the halving happens, the altcoins have a monstrous, monstrous, monstrous rally. That's something that 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 I that I know all the time. Also, when I look at previous halvings and I look at the charts, the altcoin market cap is showing that it's time for a breakout. It's either going to break up or it's going to break down. You got to you got to take your position, red or black. Red or black. Is it going to break up or is it going to break down? I also know though that in the four-year cycle in Q1, at some point in Q1, we actually start turning around and altcoins actually start to perform. So when I look at it now, I kind of say to myself, hold on a second. This is like a quick reset of the RSIs. This is just a quick reset of the altcoin market before we actually go into the next stage. And you can see that the RSIs are actually starting to reset. So this is the four-hour RSIs. You can see they're starting to come down. For those of you who don't know, we, we look to buy when the RSIs are pretty low. These RSIs were very, very, very heated a week ago, but you can see they're starting to come down. Then on the 24-hour chart, which is the one-day chart, also starting to come down. And then on the one-week chart, actually also starting to come down. Remember, all these one-week RSIs were very, very, very high. So the way I see it, this is like one last reset before we actually go into the next part, which is the parabolic pump. And you can see it in the charts over here. Uh, Crypto, Crypto Jelly, he says, you know, we're just retesting and then we go up, which again correlates with the halving cycle. And then you can see if you look at the long-term trend line, since altcoins actually came into existence around 2017, you can basically see we're following this upward pattern. We've just, 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 just bounced on this trend line and we continue, continue, continue to go uh, to take this up. So that is uh, effectively um, why I'm confident on altcoins. And as I said to you, I'm confident. I've now told you that I'm confident. But now I'm going to show you how my confidence is changing the way that I invest in this market because that's exactly what it's doing. It's really changing the way that I invest in this market. I've been around for three cycles. This is probably my fourth cycle in crypto. And I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes. And this time what I've done is I've just said, look, because I'm so confident, I'm going to try and not re repeat any of the mistakes that I've made in the previous cycle. So what were the mistakes that I've made in the previous cycles? Well, a couple of things, and I'm going to change them this cycle. So I'll show you what I'm actually, how I'm actually changing my, my investment approach. The first thing is this cycle, I'm actually playing as if it's going to be the last altcoin cycle ever. I don't know if we're ever going to have another altcoin cycle. I don't think we will. I don't think we'll have such an aggressive altcoin cycle ever. And hell, you know what? If we do land up having another aggressive altcoin cycle, then let's just take it as a bonus. But I have to live this bull market as if it's the last bull market. I'm making the assumption that in, in the future, exchanges are going to be more regulated. The SEC is going to catch up with whatever happens. The Coinbase case will be finished for good or for bad. And I don't believe that the Coinbase case is just going to be all crypto points. I think... Crypto is going to score some points, and I think the SEC is going to score some points. And I think that in four years' time, we're going to have a very, very, very different market when it comes to regulation. I think you'll see that the crypto market is going to, is going to be a very, very, very different market. So I've got to make the assumption that this is the last crypto cycle. I'm going to trade this as if there's no other cycle ever. I want to make sure that whatever I'm going to achieve in the next 500 days, I achieve it. Every single other thing in my life except my family can wait until after the next 500 days. Because if I'm right and we don't get another crypto cycle, and remember, we've got to be 
you got to understand why this crypto cycle is so important. It's the first time in the history of mankind where we have been able to get liquidity on our industry at such an early stage because our industry is actually around tokenizing. There's never been another industry in the history of industries in the entire world where you could, at such an early period in the life cycle of an asset or a token or an idea or a protocol or whatever it is, it's the first time in history that you can actually get this kind of liquidity. And so this is the only industry in the world that you can do it. And I'll tell you, I've got some friends that have got AI ventures, and you could probably argue that AI is more exciting than, um, than crypto. I mean, you could argue that. You know, it's not, it's not a black and white that AI is, is not as exciting as crypto. But how many of your friends who are in AI or how many people in AI are actually buying Lambos? I mean, tell me, because I haven't seen anyone with a Lambo, uh, an AI Lambo number plate. How many people in AI are traveling the world, going to conferences, making millions of dollars, buying yachts and spending like crypto people? There's none. And that is because this cycle is something completely unique in the history of business in the world. And I don't believe that we're ever going to see a similar cycle like this again. I think once the regulations catch up to this, then crypto becomes a normal industry. And when crypto becomes a normal industry, we're going to be screwed because we have tasted, we've, we've eaten the, the, the apple. We've eaten the apple. We've tasted, we've tasted the poison. And once we've tasted the poison, it's going to be very hard for us to go back to a normal industry where you start up a venture, you invest, you get no liquidity for three years or 10 years or 20 years until it actually becomes, becomes a, a, a very big protocol, a very big business. This is the last, the first and last, the first industry, and in my mind, the last cycle that we're ever going to get this. And so I'm tr trading this cycle as if it's the last cycle. If we get another, if we get another cycle, fantastic. If we don't get another cycle, I'm not going to be the guy that looks back and says, you know what, I should have, I could have, but I didn't. I've been here for three cycles. This is my fourth cycle. This is my fourth cycle. I'm trading that differently. Part of trading that differently means that I'm deploying my dry powder early in the cycle. In every other cycle, I went and made stupid decisions. What did I do? I, went, I kept waiting for confirmation, waiting for confirmation, waiting for confirmation, waiting for confirmation. And the reality is that a lot of my money I landed up spending at this part over here. I'm not doing that this cycle. I'm, I'm acting as if it's the last cycle. And because I'm acting as if it's the last cycle, I am investing my money early in the cycle. Most of, my, most of my money is already invested and the money that's not invested, I'm starting to, to part with now. I might be wrong, in which case I've got a, I've got a part in my, in my thesis that says, if I'm wrong, when we get to a certain point, when we go down here, if the fundamentals don't add up, then I'm going to sell. But the main thing for me is not to be deploying capital on the way up, but rather to have deployed the capital on the way down and over here. So that's the second part of what I'm doing. The first part is, as I said, I'm assuming that this is the last cycle. If I'm right, great. At least I would have capitalized on it. If I'm wrong, fantastic. We all get another crypto cycle, but in the next crypto cycle, we're not stressed. We're not stressed. I'm deploying my capital early. Most of my capital is deployed. I'm not telling you what to do with your capital. I'm just telling you that my capital is mostly deployed. You do what you need to do. You make your own calculations. You build your own thesis. My thesis is deploy early because 
you don't want to be deploying here, 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 here. You want to be deploying here so that you can ride this up and you can exit near the top. The next thing that I'm doing, which is different from what I've done every other cycle, is I'm not getting involved in every single narrative. There are too many narratives happening. There's too much going on. On our morning call today, one of our researchers, one of our head researchers, he said, he said, I'm struggling to keep up. There are so many narratives happening all the time. So what am I doing? I'm deciding which narratives I want to play in, and I'm staying out of the narratives that I don't want to stay in. I'm not investing in every shiny little object because the problem is that every week there's a new shiny little object in crypto. This week it was Vision Pro. Last week it, it was privacy. Next week it's real world assets. Then it's staking. Then it's liquid staking. Then it's restaking. I've got to decide which ones I'm going to be playing and which ones I'm not going to be playing. And the ones that I'm going to be playing, I'm going to become an expert at. And I'm going to know the price ranges. I'm going to know the tokens. I'm going to become an expert. And the ones that I choose not to participate in, I'll still tell you what they are if I see them. But just know that I'm not actually participating in them. We've got to, we've got to act like it's the last cycle. Make sure that we deploy our capital early. And then become specialists in the narratives that we actually deploy our capital in. That's it. We get that right. We make life-changing money this, 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 this bull run. And it's the last bull run. We don't. We are then either hoping and praying that there is another bull run. And there may be. But I don't want to be hoping and praying for a bull run. I'd rather be sitting on my yacht and looking, and, and looking, uh, looking out and just saying, well, if it is another bull run, great. We've got some more spending money. I don't want to be hoping and praying. So I'm, I'm acting as if it's the last cycle. I'm deploying my capital early in the cycle with risk management tools, and I'm choosing the narratives that I want to get involved in, and I'm sitting out of all the other narratives. I'll still keep bringing them to you, and I'll show you. I mean, let's look at some of the narratives that are, that are pumping, and let's decide whether or not you want to be involved. Everyone must make their own decision. Everyone must make their own decision. You decide whether you want to be involved or don't want to be involved. Let's, let's look at some of the narratives that actually pumped. And if you want to see narratives, either you can click on hot narratives over here, and you can start moving the timeframes, um, or you can just go here, go to the weekly, and here, let's just go to, let me just reboot that so you can see all the tokens. Uh, let me go to top 100. So you can go to top 100, go to weekly, and you can see certain narratives that are actually pumping. What are the narratives that are actually pumping? The first narrative you can see that's actually pumping, you can see it here in link. And if you go to the next 100 to 200 on banter bubbles, you can see that Pith is doing exactly the same thing. What's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on is that there is a, a real world assets narrative. Larry Fink said that the whole world is going to be tokenized. There's a real world assets narrative. This is a narrative that I am going to play in this bull market. You know that I'm holding Pith. Um, you know that I'm holding Pith. You know that I'm holding uh, Chainlink. It is part of our, our, our little ETF bundle, which we have uh, with Swissborg. There's a link below if you want to sign up with it. This is a narrative which I have decided that I am going to be playing. And you can see that Chainlink is now breaking this resistance over here. And the next level, effectively for Chainlink, is somewhere around the $30. So this is, this is one of the narratives that I would be deploying money into right now. Um, you can see how important this is for real-world assets. Just look at, the, at how Chainlink works with real-world assets. It literally becomes the price feed into all the different... Um, uh, real world assets. So for me, link one of the narratives, real world assets, one of the narratives that I am actually starting to play. Now I want to show you another narrative. So 
Another narrative that ran a lot this week is the um, the Rose narrative. I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know how many of you are invested in Rose. You can see in the last week, Rose is up 10%. It was backing all the, all the trends. And yeah, he has another narrative. So what is Rose? Rose is a layer one. It's built with Cosmos. It's built with the Cosmos uh, software developer kit. It is a layer one. And what it does is it focuses on privacy. Not privacy like Monero kind of privacy, but more institutional type privacy where institutions can trade on blockchain without showing every single one of their transactions to their competitors, which is, if you think about like the institutional landscape, JP Morgan, they want to play in blockchain, but they can't have transparency where you can see every cent that's going out of JP Morgan and what they're investing. And that's, that's never going to work. And so what Rose is doing, it, it's actually called Oasis Protocol. What, what, what they're doing is they're trying to solve this problem. Now, they've been developing this since 2017. I invested in Rose back in 2017. Must be honest, I've chosen not to, not to ride this narrative. Why? Because there's so many other narratives, and this is not one where I'm going to become the champion. And so even though they are making great headway, and you can see like after seven years of development or eight years of development, the main decks on Rose has just launched. It's called uh, IX. It's called Illumin X. I mean, I'll give you, if you guys are alpha hunting, go and check it out. You can go and actually, they actually just launched the token. Then you've got the meme coin. Because remember, we always said, if you like a narrative, if you like an L1, you buy the DEX and you buy the meme coin. So the DEX is this Illumin X. The meme coin is a meme coin called Rosie. So go and look for Rosie if you want to play this narrative. Now, remember, you don't have to play this narrative. I'm deciding not to play the Rose narrative this time around. Why? There's too many narratives between gaming and, and, and everything else that I can't play this narrative. So... Let me show you another narrative that I actually am playing, and that is the narrative of liquid staking. So there's a new narrative that you guys are going to hear a lot about, and it's called Eigenlayer. Eigenlayer is, you know, let me show you, let me show you what Eigenlayer is. I, I've, I got this video from CoinGecko. It's a very, very, very cool video, which talks about what restaking is. So let's just, I'll play it for the guys that don't know what it is. The idea of restaking is simple. We've already got all these staked ETH securing the Ethereum blockchain. So why not repurpose what we already have across multiple venues to secure multiple protocols and earn multiple yields all at the same time? With restaking, ETH staking can be outsourced to secure other new protocols or ecosystems and users will be able to tap into these platforms to earn additional fees and rewards on top of what they are already getting from staking ETH. Just like LST and LST-Fi, it won't be long before other protocols start tapping into the LIT market. Okay, so there's a new there's a new liquid restaking protocol. How does it work? When you stake your ETH, you get a liquid staking protocol. But you can take that liquid staking protocol and you can secure other blockchains using your liquid staking protocol. That is what Eigenlayer actually allows. And what you can see, the reason why I'm talking about Eigenlayer is because Eigenlayer have been closed because their launch was so successful that they got too much TVL. And you can see they're already like the, the 11th biggest DAP or 11th biggest protocol by TVL. And now today they've reopened their vault. So if, you got, if you've staked your ETH and you want to restake on Eigenlayer, do that because when you restake on Eigenlayer, you can get a whole lot of airdrops. Now, I'm not going to go into all of these airdrops, but suffice to say that you can get a whole lot of airdrops. And I'll leave a link to the spreadsheet here and on the front runners. And you guys can go and decide whether you want to be playing in this Eigenlayer restaking type airdrop. 
So those are the ones that, that, that you can that you can decide. I'll give you give you another one. And this one for me is is much, much, much simpler. Like there's some narratives that are like, should I get in, shouldn't I get in? But this one that I'm about to show you now is probably for me the biggest no-brainer in terms of blockchain at the moment. It's like if you haven't been if you haven't been listening to the show up until now and you haven't been writing down the alpha, you have to try and understand what I'm about to say to you now about the next two to three protocols that I'm going to speak to you about. Because when you click about what I'm about to say to you, you will realize that right now on the market, I've probably discovered the high, the highest risk to return ratio trade in the entire market. And let me show you what that risk to return ratio is. It's something that I have spoken to you guys about a few times, and it, it involves Stride. Now, I started speaking about Stride over here in, in um, December, to be fair, November, December, and Stride is already up 400% since then. But I still think that if you understand what I'm about to say to you, you will think that you will understand why I'm so bullish about this. So let's really talk about what Stride is. Stride is a liquid staking protocol. You stake your, your assets, you stake your, your Cosmos-related assets, and you get a liquid staking derivative. It's the same as Jito on Solana or Lido, which is the primary uh, staking platform on ETH. If you want to stake to secure the network on ETH, you go to Lido, you deposit your ETH onto Lido, and they go and stake it for you to secure the network. If you want to stake your Solana to secure the network, you go to Jito, you put your, your, your Solana on Jito, and they use those ETH, those Solana, to secure the network. If you want to do the same thing on Cosmos, you go to a protocol called Stride, and you stake your Cosmos-related chains on Stride. Now, here's where the kicker comes in. If you think about Solana, Solana is one chain, right? So kind of like you say to yourself, if Solana succeeds, Jito succeeds. And if Solana fails, then Jito fails, right? It makes perfect sense. If ETH succeeds, Lido succeeds. And if ETH fails, then you can kind of say that Lido fails, right? So each Jito, Lido, all the other staking protocols are actually bets that the chain will succeed. And if the chain fails, then so does your investment fail, right? But Stride is different. And the reason why Stride is different is because Stride is not a bet on one chain like Jito is on Solana and Lido is on ETH. Stride is optionality on the success of any, many, or all Cosmos chains. Because, because Cosmos is a technology Stride allows you to restake not only one chain. It allows you to stake right now a few Cosmos chains, but soon probably every single Cosmos chain, which means that when you invest in, in Stride, you're taking a bet that either Injective or Celestia or any other or Zeta chain or any other chain will actually succeed. And if one succeeds, then you could say, well, then Stride should be the same value as Solana, as, as Jita, right? But what if like 10 Cosmos chains succeed? And Stride is the, the port which allows you to, 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 to stake any of those 10. It's the only play in crypto where I know where you can invest in one protocol and get optionality on an entire, entire, entire ecosystem, some of which has not yet been born. I haven't seen this opportunity yet. If Injective fail, don't worry, another chain will go up 
And if it, uh, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be Rose, and you can stake your Rose on Stride. I, I don't, I'm not sure that if they support uh, Rose at the moment, but I'm just saying it is optionality on any Cosmos chain that exists, on any Cosmos chain that is about to launch. There is no other play that I can think of on the market that gives you optionality into so many chains. Usually, usually, each protocol is giving you optionality on one chain. Gito gives you optionality into Solana. Solana fails, Gito probably fails. Lido gives you optionality in teeth. Stride gives you optionality into every single potential Cosmos chain. I haven't seen this risk return profile in, and that's why I'm going all in on Stride. Also, the other reason why I'm going all in on Stride. Right now, very, very, very difficult to buy Stride because the average person, the average person goes and looks at where can I buy Stride. Let me, I just want to show you how this works. So average person goes to um, Stride and says, okay, which markets is Stride trading on? Osmosis, Coinex, and Kujira. Now, how many people have Osmosis, Coinex, and, and, and Kujira um, accounts? Not many. One day, one day, when this is listed on Binance and on Coinbase and whatever else, this is going to pump. So not only are you getting optionality, but you're getting it all, you're getting it all before the exchange listings. Now, I'll give another example of another one that gives you these optionalities. Astroport. Astroport is a DEX. Except Astroport is not just a DEX on one chain. It is a DEX on any Cosmos chain, Neutron, Injective, you name it, uh, uh, Astroport gives you optionality. One chain fails, you don't give a shit. Two chains fail, you don't give a shit. Three chains fail, you don't give a shit, right? So there are only three players that I know that actually do this right now, and maybe there's more. I can only think of three. The first one is Stride, because no matter which Cosmos chain succeed, they will probably use Stride as their staking protocol. The second one is Astroport, because regardless of which Cosmos chain succeeds, the DEX, which is Astroport, will support all the winners. The third one, I haven't done as much research into it, is Mars. Mars is a lending protocol. And this protocol is, again, a cross-Cosmos protocol, right? So to me right now, if you want like three biggest, best risk return plays in crypto, I would go Stride, Astroport, Mars. Why? Because that way I'm not taking any bet on which chain is going to be successful and unsuccessful. I'm saying, hey, as long as Cosmos as a technology actually takes off, I'm going to sit back. And I'm going to watch my money grow. And that's how it's going to work. Say, so someone says, say, what happened to say? Exactly. You think say is going to succeed? Well, as long as stride one day allows for say, you're golden. And that's what people don't understand. Right now, right now, there, is very, there are very few plays which give you optionality across a whole ecosystem of projects. You have an opportunity to actually invest in that before other people actually get exchange listings. Astroport doesn't have an exchange listing. Stride doesn't have a major exchange listing. This ain't going to last forever, and I guarantee you when it does happen, things will price into equilibrium, and you're going to kick yourself. So I wanted to tell you this to do this today because just in case, you know, it happens sooner than we think. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you get it. Let me know if you get it. Um, someone says, yeah, pay chill. I'm an investor in Stride. Full disclosure, I also I am an investor in Astroport, which I bought on the open market. Um, I'm an investor in Stride, but if I can buy more, I'm going to keep buying more. I have been buying on the open market as well. 
All right, let's go into the next part. Um, I know you guys are all super, super, super excited about this, right? You all want an Apple Vision Pro, right? You all want an Apple Vision Pro. I know that. By the way, I'm very excited about the launch of the Apple Vision Pro because, yes, it's expensive. And, yes, people are saying that it looks very, very, very clunky. And, you know, people are saying, I'm sorry, but the new Apple Vision Pro looks like absolutely ridiculous. Tim Cook wants you to pay $3,500 to walk around with giant ski goggles. What this guy's not understanding is that this is just the beginning. And that very soon, it's going to become a very small set of glasses. And eventually, it's just going to become a set of contact lenses. This is the beginning. And we're kind of living through the beginning of a new revolution. And you could, you, this weekend, we saw a lot of people realizing the extent of the revolution. Where This is what it looks like. You see? So you can see this is what, it looks, what the experience looks like. Someone says you can trade and lose uh, shit coins. Uh, you can lose money on three dimensions. and I So you can see that, that would, that's what it looks like when you've got the Vision Pro on and you want to trade coins. You can actually like place your screens and you can you can do it. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen the memes of people actually driving. And, and I mean, they, they said like the Simpsons actually predicted the future because this is exactly what happened uh, in the Simpsons. So you saw this as well. Someone getting out the, the Tesla Cybertruck and then trading like that. Now, I know we're laughing about it now, but... This is what probably what our reality is actually going to look like. And again, you've got to choose if you want to play this narrative. If you want to play the narrative, I found two coins that right now, there's probably going to be hundreds, but I found two coins that have actually got the Apple Vision Pro narrative. First one is uh, render, because someone's going to have to render all this, this um, spatial, like someone says, um, if you connect the dots between AI, spatial computing, and the global scarcity of GPUs, there's no denying render will break the, the next 10. We actually did tell you last week to buy render. I mean, it, it was in front runners in, in our Discord, and it was on the show. We kept saying to you buy render because we kind of knew that there was going to be an Apple narrative. And I think that was, that was great. I think we caught, we caught the, the, Apple, um, the Apple narrative. Um, the next one that I saw, it's an old coin from 2017, but probably maybe worth looking at again, which is called Victoria VR. So Token Simple's VR. They have announced that they're going to create a metaverse app on the Apple Vision Pro. They've also got their own game that you need to put an Oculus on. So again, go look at, decide whether you want to play in this narrative. If you want to play in this narrative, well then go and look at the, at the coins that are in this narrative. And listen, if you want to get yourself an Apple Vision Pro, so I'm going to give away seven Apple Vision Pros. I'm giving, I'm giving away seven. What you need to do to get yourself an Apple Vision Pro is very, very, very simple. Okay, so listen to how simple this is. Anyone that signs up to a banter exchange with a link below, whether your exchange is Bitflex, Bingx, uh, uh, Bybit, Bitget, I don't care where you sign up. If you, if you, if you live in, in the country where the, there's a very old president and you're looking for an exchange that doesn't do KYC, well, you know, he has, a, he has an option already. Anybody that signs up to any banter exchange account in the next seven days, in the next seven days, if you sign up to a banter exchange account, I'm going to get a list of all the people that signed up to a banter exchange account and deposited 100 bucks so that people don't, don't just write up a thing. And next week, I'm going to give away seven Apple Vision Pro. So again, I'm reminding you, what do you need to do? There's links below, and there will be more links because I know Josh is here and he's listening. And he, I, I didn't even tell Josh about this promotion because I didn't want him to cheat, right? So go and sign up. 
If you've got a Bybit account, sign up with BitGet. If you've got a BitGet account, sign up with BitFlex. If you've got a BitFlex account, sign up with Bingix. Just sign up to any exchange account on any Bantling, on my show, on Sheldon's show, on Kyle's show, on Dylan's show, on any show in the next seven days. And in seven days, we're going to meet again and I'm going to draw out of the hat and I'm going to make, I'm going to give away seven Apple Vision Pros. So you have seven days. You have seven days. Get the accounts. You must deposit $50, $10, $20 into the accounts so that I know you're not cheating. And in seven days, we give away seven Vision Pros. You got that? All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Go. Sign up, sign up, sign up. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.